Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome in to another edition of the Steelers Fix. My name is Jeremy Betts. I am joined by an ecstatic Michigan fan. Um, at least as as we're recording this, the game yeah. hasn't started yet. So <laughs> an ecstatic Michigan fan about to watch his team take part in the national championship. We'll see by the time you listen to this how he's feeling uh, uh, on Tuesday. But an ecstatic couple of, of people here, uh, myself and Andrew Wilbar, we are excited because the Pittsburgh Steelers are playoff bound. And uh, against all odds, um, against really a, a season that that tried the very limits of Steeler fandom, um, we are here and we are going to Buffalo for a one o'clock game on Sunday. Andrew, just go ahead and give us your feelings on this and uh, and 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 why uh, you're excited about this iteration of the Pittsburgh Steelers sneaking into the playoffs. It's funny because we were talking ahead of the show how when we were making our predictions for the beginning of the season, we're like, you know, there's a lot of different factors that could play into the season, but ultimately we both felt like the Steelers are probably going to either barely make or barely miss the playoffs, going to be in that range. Nothing during the season really happened how we expected it to happen outside of maybe Matt Canada's offense stinking. But (laughs) outside of that, we still ended out with the same result. So we're yep. still here. Steelers have a difficult first matchup. Unfortunately, it's more than likely going to be without TJ Watt. So that's uh, that, that's disappointing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Buffalo has some injuries on their own front. We'll see what happens as the week goes on. But, you know, it, once you're in, anything can happen. Do I think the Steelers go far? Probably not. But anything can happen. It's the NFL. This is the crazy season. Yeah. This is season we've seen 60 different starting quarterbacks. And yeah. – it, anything could happen. It's exciting to an extent that the disappointment will kick in when you realize you didn't win the Super Bowl and now you're picking even further down the draft board than what you would have even initially. But it's still exciting to have a team in it. And just one word about Michigan. Just keep an eye on two draft prospects that will have already played at this point. Yeah. Junior Colson from Michigan because the Steelers need linebacker help. Yes. And for Washington, a lot of people are talking about Roman Dunze and all the pass-catching weapons they have on offense. But keep an eye on another guy. He, If he decides to – I didn't see whether he declared this year or not. But Jalen Polk is a wide receiver that I have my eye on. Very explosive, can work the middle of the field, can work outside the numbers, has some versatility in that offense. He's a guy that could be an X-factor for Washington. Obviously, I'm looking at this not having seen the game. But Will yeah. Johnson, Michigan's number one corner, he may be a top 10 pick in next year's draft. He's that good. He's going to be covering Adunze. Adunze could still have a good game. He has a size advantage on Johnson. But I expect Washington to target their other receivers because they have more depth at receiver than Michigan does at corner. So Polk is one guy I'm watching. Obviously, Junior Colson in that run game. Man, that guy's a good tackler. He'd look good in black and gold. Yeah, they're, the national championship has a lot of implications for for the NFL, who's declaring, who's not. And, you know, you've got you've – got, two teams with, I think, a really good shot. So by the time you're listening to this, obviously it'll have played out. We'll have seen how it goes, but it's going to be a, a close-fought game, I think. Um, but there is one team that probably has a physicality advantage, and we'll see if that actually plays out for your Wolverines there, Andrew. Um, let's talk a little bit about the Steelers being in the playoffs. In the second half of the show, um, so after we get to – um, our break and we'll come back we're going to actually talk dive into the topic which is wild card players to watch in the Steelers wild card matchup um, so we're going to be picking some under the radar players on the Steelers that could be the keys to the game but 
uh, leading into that, Andrew, let's talk Steelers at Bills. And I wanted to bring up the weather um, as a major factor in this game. Um, and probably a major factor in the Steelers' advantage if it's an ugly weather day. Because you're talking about a team in Pittsburgh who, since Mason Rudolph took over at quarterback, is Andrew fourth in the NFL in EPA per play. Across the board, that's rush EPA per play and pass EPA per play combined. They are fourth in the NFL in that. Bill's defense is right in the middle of the pack. They're like 13th or 14th in EPA per play um, over the second half of the season. And over the course of the entire season, in defense, they're giving up the, what what would that be? The ninth most um, uh, points over expected for rush right now. And that is uh, um, for opponents who, who run the football well. That is a huge part of this matchup because the Steelers are running the football really well. Blizzard or heavy winds and it's really cold and the quarterbacks aren't going to be able to do as much. That absolutely plays into the favor of the Steelers. And, and we've talked about this too. The Steelers somehow manage to sneak past Buffalo. Who do they get in round two, baby? The Baltimore Ravens. And they do not scare you if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, nope. so Buffalo and literally anything can happen at that point. You could find yourself playing in an AFC championship game if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers and you continue what has been dominance over your rival in seven of the last eight games going your way. That's pretty dominant to me. I don't care who uh, is playing quarterback or whatever. Uh, that's a division rival that's been to the playoffs uh, as many times as you have in the last few years. Um, that is that is dominance. And, and so the Steelers have all the cards on the table. Um, I know they're going to be missing TJ Watt, but they are more well-equipped to handle that I think, than they have been in the past. And we'll see, again, if this is a a cold, windy, nasty game, then that engine, if you get past Buffalo, you get to go to Baltimore, and Mike Tomlin and company would be relishing the opportunity to go to Baltimore and prove that they are actually the Kings in the North exactly win the division. Andrew, those are my thoughts. How do you approach this game? What do you think the Steelers' chances are? And are, are you kind of feeling a similar vibe here about the weather and everything? It really comes down to the Steelers playing the brand of football that I have the past few weeks, being able to run the football effectively when the guards are blocking well, when the interior of the line is moving people the right direction. That's going to be the key to success. Buffalo has a solid front, not an elite front. I think the biggest thing that concerns me is the fact that ever since Joe Brady has been the offensive coordinator, they have learned to do something that we've been watching Buffalo for years now and saying that they need to just learn to do. And that's just learn to simply run the football with your best back. And that's James Cook. And the, the, now that James Cook is fully equipped to be an NFL back, he's he's put on a tiny bit of weight. He's let the game speed up he's he's allowed the game speed to catch him and he's now just playing it his own style with you know they, they've got such a good coaching staff there and you can see the just improvement in james james cook's game specifically yep. amongst all the other running backs as well 
But I think specifically as it pertains to Buffalo, Joe Brady has brought balance back to that offense, and that makes him so much more difficult to defend. And, man, I, I really wish if the Steelers could have gotten rid of Matt Kanda last offseason, Steelers could have brought in Joe Brady because Joe Brady running this offense would be mm-hmm. pretty, pretty good. Yeah. But I, I, that's the biggest concern for me. But like you said, the weather could really affect Buffalo's chances because, yes, Josh Allen has proven that he can throw an in inclement weather. But the Steelers, if you're the Steelers, you want to get it down in the trenches, especially after seeing the game Mark Robinson had. We may get into him a little bit in the second half of the show. Now that you have some guys and you bring in a Marcus Golden who's solid against the run, he's going to be playing increased snaps against uh, Buffalo because of the T.J. Watt injury. I think all those things better equip the Steelers to defend the run as opposed to the pass. So all those things combined, I think it's good if there is uh, a windy conditions, which I, I believe is what they're calling for right now. I think that helps the Steelers out. And just, I think seeing a game this past week where George Pickens didn't have targets, but was still out there being a team player. I think that was big for his own personal development, as well as just the team's trust in him. I think that really built relationship between him and some of the other guys, maybe mended some bridges. And I think that's something that was needed going into the playoffs because now Mm -hmm. Pickens understands his role and everyone, he understands his role because other people understand his importance to the team. And I think those two things together are so important going into this game. Steelers have confidence. So I, I do I think the Steelers win? I'm probably still going to say no because Buffalo is not yeah. an easy place to play. But mm-hmm. it, do I think the Steelers have, you know, a 30, 35% chance of going in there and winning? Absolutely, especially the way the Steelers are playing right now. And like we said, we're not scared of Baltimore. Bring them on. Doesn't no. mean we're going to win, but I'd rather play them than anybody else. Yeah. You know, the other side of the playoff structure is, is pretty interesting too because you've got Kansas City and Miami two teams that have plenty of flaws of their own and they're going to knock one of each other out there. And then you've got and and Cleveland. And I got to say, Andrew, I think the team that scares me most in this whole playoff uh, picture on the AFC side is either Buffalo who you're playing this week or Houston. And you might not even have to go mess with Houston either if Cleveland can take them out. So what if you have, what if the Steelers (laughs) path to the Super Bowl is, Buffalo, Baltimore, Cleveland. Um, I mean, how do you feel about that? I mean, that that would be the, just the craziest scenario. Um, and, okay, and we're getting way ahead of ourselves too, right? I mean, uh, let's just yeah, admit that yeah. right now. We're speculating. We're having some fun. Let's do it. Let's enjoy it, Steeler Nation. There's going to be a time all too soon here where it's over and we're just talking draft and we're we're talking free agency and and what's next at offensive coordinator? There's there's a lot to look forward to in those regards. What's next at quarterback? But I mean, let's let's have fun with this. That's the big thing right now. And um, right before we get to the break, Andrew, I wanted to say this about um, the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, defense. And we're not going to get into this player um, so much when we get into the second half. So I wanted to bring it up to you and give you an either or scenario here for the Steelers defense and how they plan to stop the Buffalo Bills passing attack. All right. So you've got Joey Porter Jr. Who's been following the opposing team's number one receiver. uh, Ever since he really established himself as the starter and has been playing, um, you know, as the Steelers top corner. Your, your first option is he goes ahead and he follows Stefan Diggs. And then you're going to bracket um, coverage with uh, Patrick Peterson, who can move back down to corner. I like that for the Steelers. I like that he can move back down to corner. 
with Minka and Demonte KZ back there and and um why am I blanking on the the safety that that they uh, signed Neil? off the oh, couch? Oh. No. Oh, off the couch. Oh. You got to be kidding <laughs> why, me. Why are we We're doing this, like Andrew? Wait, so so you had Trenton Thompson, you had um I'm I'm just going through every name at this point. You've got It's not Reed, is it? It's not Reed. Um Oh my goodness. We're going to have to edit this part we'll, out we'll of the show. This, we'll just edit this part out. And, yeah, yeah. Um. What's his name? Good grief. Safety off the street. <laughs> oh, Eric been, Rowe. And lights out. Okay. Yeah, practice squad. Okay. Eric Rowe back there with, with uh, Fitzpatrick and, and now KZ coming back. You've got those three guys, and so Patrick Peterson gets to move back to corner, and so you just bracket now play if he's going to be healthy and play um, with with a safety and your second best corner, Patrick Peterson. That's option one, okay? Or do you match up the body types a little bit more and put Gabe Davis and take him out of the game, his big playability, and then you go bracket Stefan Diggs who is more of a, a route artist. You know, he's he's a better route runner. He's going to beat you um, with, or with technique. Um, and so you have maybe a better chance bracketing him and disguising your coverages to his side. Which direction would you go? Are you, are you putting the stud rookie on the stud wide receiver or are you putting him on maybe the big play threat to uh, eliminate that and then you're going to bracket Stefan Diggs? What do you think? I'm going to put him on Stefan Diggs. Okay. I trust yeah. Joey Porter Jr. at this point. And, and a lot of people, like obviously Joey Porter Jr. has had an issue with flags this year, but we as well have also seen Stefan Diggs have issues with feistiness down the field. And if you can get in his head early, Stefan Diggs yeah. doesn't always have the greatest production when that happens. He gets a little frustrated. Sometimes he'll get called for penalties down the field. I, I mean, I even remember times when the Steers had Artie Burns and Artie Burns, you put him in man coverage and he even got into – Stephon Diggs' head just because there was a little bit of success early in the game when the Steelers were in man coverage. The Steelers got away from that, unfortunately, and Diggs burned them later in the game. But I think if they would have stuck to it in that game, it was a game, I believe it was ne- it was near the end of the season. It was a December football game just a couple years ago. And it is a very similar situation. But for this instance, I'm putting Porter on uh, Diggs. And then I'll take my chance with Davis. Davis is so inconsistent. He's been great in the playoffs, and I understand you have to – keep track of a guy like that but i think minka's at his best when he can just stay high and roam high so depending on how they have them aligned if they've got him on opposite sides of the field most of the time minka's gonna be aligned on the side anyways as the typical free safety he would be aligned on the side that gabe davis would be playing so i think you put levi wallace you play tight press coverage against these outside receivers and keep us at least Minka high. Even if you have to keep KZ high from time to time as well, keep two safeties high and three safety packages and depending on what you want to do with Eric Rowe, there's at least versatility because the Sears have options now. Right. I think that's the exciting part going into this game, but I would, I would say press the corners and then just trust that Joey can contain Stefan Diggs. If you have to give him a little safety help with Eric Rowe, somebody else that's fine. But I think Minka over the top on Gabe Davis yeah. really takes away Gabe Davis in general because he's not versatile. You know when he's in the game, they're either throwing it to him deep or it's going to be something short. There's, he's not great in the intermediate areas and over the middle of the field. So you don't have to worry about that aspect of the game. So I think playing Minko over the top really takes away Gabe Davis for the most part. Yeah, I like that plan as well. And Gabe Davis not even guaranteed to play, so we'll have to yep. watch that as well. Um, very much under uh, the injury microscope right now in that regard. Okay, 
We're going to take our break here, and then when we come back, we're going to dive into the wild card players to watch for the Pittsburgh Steelers in the wild card matchup. Don't go anywhere. The Steelers fix will be right back. Welcome back to the Steelers Fix Podcast. It's Jeremy Betts. It's Andrew Wilbar with you. We are talking Steelers and Bills in an upcoming wild card matchup that not many Steelers fans probably saw coming, but we are grateful to be here in the dance. And there's a lot of players we could talk about, Andrew. There's a lot of key players, but we're going to take some wild ones here. We're going to take a wild card look at players to watch versus the Buffalo Bills and the Steelers wild card matchup on Sunday at 1 p.m. in Buffalo. And I'm going to open it up to you here, Andrew, to go ahead and get us started. Who is your first wild card player that is a key to the Steelers going into Buffalo and securing a victory? We're going to get to like some ones that I think have a little bit, they're a little bit more, I don't know, maybe universally known guys, but I'm going to go with Kelvin Austin. For the, my first one, I have other guys that people, more people may agree with. And they're like, Kelvin Austin, what impact is he going to have? In a game that is going to be low scoring, one special team's play could change yes. the entire game. We saw Austin have one good return this past week. I, I think if he can break one loose, even if it's just giving the Steelers, field position is going to matter in this game, mm-hmm. especially if it's windy. Just that extra 10 yards on a punt return, that extra 10 yards on a kickoff return puts the team in better position to at least get into field range, get into scoring position with, at some sort of consistent level. And it also takes a lot of pressure off the defense. If you do get a three and out, at least the defense isn't, hopefully, unless Harvin shanks the punt, isn't going to be having to start near midfield. They're going to, the opposing teams going to have to travel the length of the field. So I really think it takes a lot of pressure off the entire team. If Calvin Austin, specifically on special teams, it doesn't mean that they won't use him at all on jet sweep or something like that. I think he could have an impact there. But the special teams aspect alone, I think, is so vitally important in these playoff games. I mean, we even saw the yeah. college football playoff. Michigan almost blew that game. They could have won it in regulation, but they muffed a punt. There was a bad snap on an extra point. They missed a few. I mean, the. If the if we a big reason why New England even I hate to go to New England as a reference, but even I think a big reason why New England won a lot of those close games in the playoffs was because their special teams was always so sound. They never made a mistake on special teams, and that third aspect can be so important in games like these. And there's nothing like an explosive kick return. We saw uh, Turpin for Dallas last year light it up in the playoffs. Kelvin mm-hmm. Austin can do this for the Steelers. It doesn't really matter how well the Steelers can move the ball as long as they can keep it close that one special team's play could make all the difference that's why I think it's so important the Steelers get everything they can out of Calvin Austin I think he's a player a lot of people are sleeping on just because he's not overly involved in the offense right now he's going to get his looks but I think his biggest aspect is special teams and that's an area where the Steelers if they can win on the special teams battle I think they have a legit shot he's the king of close uh this season he has been so close on so many returns and Andrew, we saw it against Miami. Buffalo wins 21 to 14, and one of those scores is a punt return touchdown. I mean, special teams is huge. So absolutely. Um, Calvin Austin the third is one of these 
wild card players to watch. He could turn the tide. Um, so I, I could have gone with another special teams player here in Miles Killebrew, um, maybe going for a block punt or something like that. I'm going to take a little bit different route, and this is maybe going to be a surprise to you because pre-show I told you my three players, and I'm actually changing it up uh, okay. just a little bit. So I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go with Eric Rowe, um, the the okay. safety um, that the Steelers um, have kind of found a gemstone, really, yeah. uh, in in the haystack and. Uh, needle in the haystack. I'm getting my metaphors all mixed up here. Um, but here's why. If the if the Buffalo Bills are going to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers through the air, I don't think it's going to be Stefan Diggs. I don't think it's going to be Gabe Davis. I think it's going to be Dalton Kincaid and Dawson Knox. Those two guys have everything that uh, gave the Steelers fits against uh, the Cardinals when Trey McBride uh, ran all or ran wide open through the middle of their defense and and made them pay and and the Arizona Cardinals win that game and then Hunter Henry for the New England Patriots does the same thing to the Steelers. Um, Isaiah likely even had some good moments against the Steelers this last week. Dalton Kincaid and specifically is the guy that scares me on this Buffalo Bills offense that could really take the Steelers and, and, and mess them up in the middle of the field. And Eric Rowe to me, uh, getting the opportunity to kind of play that second or third safety role in that box safety role, he's going to be a huge key to taking away the tight ends in this game. If Eric Rowe has a big game covering tight ends, then I think the Steelers have a really good shot on defense at really keeping the score low keeping the yardage down for Buffalo and and staying in this game for the duration of it. So I'm going to ride with Eric Rowe as my um as my guy on defense. Um I was going to go Marcus Golden, but I I'm going to go with Eric Rowe as my wild card player to watch on defense. I'm curious your thoughts on Rowe's role uh in this game. No, I like it. He's been great for the secondary. I I felt so polarized when he started playing because I had rooted so hardly against him. Uh, when the New England days, when they were so good, I remember one time when he knocked AB in the head, and I'm like, man, I can't stand yep. this guy. But now <laughs> I've got no choice but to kind of cheer for him because he's playing fantastic. And the Steelers need another piece. The thing about Rose, he can come downhill, yeah. but in coverage, sure, under sure tackler too coming downhill. Yes. He understands concepts in the secondary really better than even the veteran Keanu Neal in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. He understands things from a different perspective, and I think. Just looking at him, he's he's a poor man's Devin McCourty in some mm. ways. And I think yeah. the McCourty's really rubbed off good on Eric Rowe and his time in New England. Just their style play, their versatility, their ability to fill multiple roles. That's what Eric Rowe has been for the Steelers. He's not the biggest guy, but he just is always seems to be in the right place at the right time. And he he knows where he's supposed to be. And that that's a big issue with the secondary that has some young pieces in it. And we've seen some problems with you know, no matter who's been back there playing safety, but now that you've had Patrick Peterson back there and you have you pair him with Eric Rowe, I mean, not a lot of whole, not a lot of people were talking about Patrick Peterson's performance at safety, but I think that was because of the fact he was he was pretty sound for the most part at safety. He yeah. did a solid job holding it down there, all things considered, just kind of switching there on a dime. And I think you know maybe he'll even be in the rotation next year at safety, depending on what the Steelers do at corner. But I agree with Eric Rowe. Uh, his his play is vital and exactly like you said having two tight ends 
that's dangerous for a team that is beat up at linebacker. But Eric mm-hmm. Rowe, if he can step in and have a big game, that totally changes the outlook of this game. Absolutely. All right, let's go to your second wild card player, Andrew. Who you got? Well, since you didn't go with Marcus Golden, I'm going to go with Nick Herbig. Okay. And it, I could have yeah. gone either way here. I know that Golden played a lot of snaps, but Herbig is the guy who I believe is a greater threat to being able to contain Josh Allen. I should mm-hmm. say a lot of times, I mean, we saw Herbig drop into coverage once or twice even. I believe there's going to be times they may put him out and contain if the Sears have a four-man front. They may even decide to use Herbig as more of like a CM linebacker and maybe keep him on contain just to help prevent Josh Allen from avoid from getting outside the pocket and running, making a play with his feet, but also just his quickness to be able to get inside. Josh Allen, when he has time to throw, you don't have to necessarily get to him and wear him down by sacking him, but you've got to be able to apply pressure quickly. Mm-hmm. And the thing about Herbig is he's not going to get loose every time, but when he gets loose, he gets there quickly. And I think that's something that could rattle Josh Allen, just having him there. If he can get home early, that's big for the Steelers. Put him in on a third down. If he gets a sack, it's just going to stick in the back of Herbig's mind. No, he's not T.J. Watt, but he's been learning from T.J. Watt. And T.J. Watt yeah. is in, in awe of what this guy has already done as a rookie. So that's what that's where that's where my perspective lies on Nick Herbig. I think the playing time is probably going to be pretty equal between him and Golden. Golden will probably play more early down snaps, mm-hmm. and Herbig will come in on third downs. But I think his role, whether it be dropping into coverage, playing contain, or rushing the passer, all three I think are really important playing a guy of Josh Allen's style. Steelers need a big game from big, from Big Herbig. Nick Herbig. <laughs> big Herbig is his brother. But, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah, um I love that because I think the the key the other key for just global key for the Steelers is don't let Josh Allen get out of the pocket and and wreak havoc with his legs. And mm-hmm. if you can uh, immobilize the mobility, then I think you have a huge shot in this game. And so Herbig can can play a big role in that because if you get him jittery in the pocket, he'll run into pressures. And if you get him down on the ground a few times, then you take away the uh, the explosive ability of the offense and they're going to have to, uh, the, what's the famous line, matriculate the ball down the field if they want to score uh, touchdowns. So uh, it makes it tougher altogether. So Herbig's ability to win quick and, and to play with quickness and and contain uh, Josh Allen could be huge for this team. Um, I'm going to go with a couple offensive players for my next, uh, for my last two. But uh, first, uh, before we get to your last one, I'm going to, I'm going to go with uh, Isaac Samalu. Um, You know, he, he's, he's kind of the leader on the offensive line. So not so much an unsung hero as, he's not the flashy guy that that people talk about when you talk about the offense and, and what it's doing everybody's talking about Najee Harris and and Jalen Warren and George Pickens and rightfully so those guys are are leading the charge but it's really been the resurgence of this offensive line and it's really been Isaac Ciamalo coming into his own for the Steelers um learning this offense uh learning this running game and how they want to attack and taking over and um when when he gets out in space um, as a pulling guard, when they're doing their in, inside zone trap uh, plays, he is absolutely blowing defensive linemen off the ball. He's getting to the second level, making life really easy for Najee Harris. If Isaac Ciamalo and this offensive line have a good game, I think the Steelers win. 
Uh, if they play their best game of the season, I think the Steelers win because I think the Steelers possess the ball. I think they ride it out on the ground in a in a tough weather environment, and I think that they have a real big shot. So uh, Isaac Sayomalo is, is a huge catalyst for me uh, to for how far the Steelers can go in, in this game. Yeah, I, I agree 100% with Samalo. And you look at the the play, the way the Steelers have been running the ball has been different the second half of the year. And they it's been quicker to the hole. And Samalo, yes. as that has happened, I think that's almost put him at ease because he doesn't feel as much like he's having to play a different style than what he's accustomed to. He can be his natural self and just go straight forward. He's not his own blocker, and the Steelers no. found that out the hard way at the beginning of the year. He is a man-gap blocker, and if the Steelers want to get the most out of him, they really need to transition to that, even if that means potentially moving away from James Daniels. I hate to say that, but it, it, it's something that may be discussed just because of his contract. You could free up some money there or potentially use him in a package deal on draft weekend, uh, maybe make a move for somebody. I, I think with Samalo, it's just the mental aspect. He, he knows – it's been so much more simplified since Matt Canada's gone. And it's just, let's go straight forward and let's get the running backs every bit of yards we can. And we've seen a lot of guys hitting through those A and B gaps on that right side. And a lot has been due to, or excuse me, the opposite side. And that's been due to um, Samalo and just mm-hmm. the, the impact that he has made and just being able to play his own style. Absolutely. All right, Andrew, wrap it up for yourself here with your third and final wild card player to watch in the Steelers game. I'm going to go with Mark Robinson. And okay, I really yeah. like this one because yeah. of what we saw this past weekend. I, I When I saw his, I'm like, what Robinson? Let's make sure that this is the right Mark Robinson. Like he's been totally <laughs> extinct yeah. all year. We haven't seen anything from him. And we're all wondering why, despite all of the issues that they have had on the offensive side of the ball. When you look at, or excuse me, defensive side of the ball, especially at linebacker, when you look at how Mark, how when you look at how Mark Robinson plays, and I know there was a lot that had to do with Baltimore's heavy packages, and they have a lot of guys that they bring in a lot of twelve personnel. They have heavy sets, and there were times when the Steelers had three linebackers out there. It was more eight man boxes, and I understand why maybe he played a little bit more, but no one can deny the fact that in those thirteen steps, as few as they may seem. He was all over the field. You saw him come up with the sack. You saw him come up with um, uh, the in, in impact on that fumble. You saw him making impact over. I mean, five tackles within 13 and only 13 snaps. That is relative. That is really, really impressive. So just from that aspect alone, I know I hesitate a little bit on there because I, I, I apologize. I got distracted a bit. But there's a lot of different commotion <laughs> going around. So I apologize if you hear some background noise. Uh, but as it pertains to Mark Robinson specifically, in those snaps – he looked yep. good, and after the game, he was just like, you know, hey, man, it was a blessing to just be out there. It was blessed, yeah. and he, I, do, I can't explain why he hasn't played, but I hope that is a, an awakening to the staff. In the biggest game ahead, you've got to get him out there. Maybe the Steelers were just saving him all season. I really hope that's <laughs> not the reason why, but I'm not, I'm not saying he's the savior for the defense, but in a game where you're going against two really good tight ends, like we were talking about a minute ago, mm-hmm. and a team that has learned how to run the ball effectively, you got to have a guy like Mark Robinson in there, a guy who can, who has the speed to run in coverage, but a guy who's physical and hits hard and understands what it's like to pl- defend running backs because he was one. Yeah, Mark Robinson is huge in this game. If he plays well and Miles Jack plays well, the Steelers have an advantage because that that all of a sudden, despite all the injuries, the Steelers are now winning games because 
of the middle of that defense making plays in the run game. Who would have ever thought that at this point? Mark Robinson has the uh, that type of potential to make the ability uh, if he plays with the same style of play that he played against Baltimore. Yeah, uh, and Alanda Roberts getting a little yeah. bit healthier this week. Yeah. You've got Roberts now getting healthier. You've got Miles Jack there. You've got Mark Robinson on the rise. And, you know, it was it was always about consistency with him, I think, and now he's been thrust into the lineup. He's having to play consistent. So um, that is something that we're, we're seeing out of him. That is huge. I love the Robinson pick here for wildcard player. I, I think he's going to have a huge role in this game even if it's in um, relief of, of whatever it is, um, his ability to come in and, and not miss a beat and really um, force the Bills out of being able to stay balanced, that will be huge as well. My final wildcard player here is, is a guy that's kind of been the forgotten man um, except for maybe one game this season where he absolutely went off, and that's none other then Pat Fryermuth, the tight end who, um, of all the players in the offense, has has probably been used. I know we complain about George Pickens this season getting used, uh, not or not getting used to his potential. Pat Fryermuth has an argument to be made here that he's the one on offense who has been yeah. underutilized the worst um, or the most egregiously. So, mm-hmm. um, Buffalo is going to try to take away. George Pickens. I mean, they're going to do that. They're going to try to take him away because the explosive play is, is what is keeping the Steelers uh, scoring enough points to win while their running game turns out clock and they're, um, you know, able to possess the ball, but also have some explosiveness. If Buffalo sells out to stop George Pickens, then you've got to take advantage of Pat Fryermuth in one-on-one opportunities on linebackers and safeties where he, I guarantee you, is a mismatch against Buffalo. The Bills do not have Matt Milano. The Bills' safeties have been hurt. They don't have Micah Hyde. Jordan Poyer's still playing good football. Um, they've got good slot corners. But but Pat Fryermuth is a matchup nightmare for the Bills. And if you can utilize him to move the chains when when the running game gets bogged down every now and then, which it will because because it, it it's not going to be a 100% effective all the time. It's it's running game. It, no running game is 100% effective all the time. You've got to be able to move the sticks and, and keep drives going and be able to continue to, to use that running game. Pat Fryermuth to me, makes that all mesh together. And if the Buffalo Bills cannot just focus two guys on every play, three guys on every play, to making sure George Pickens does not get behind them and beat them. And, and they're going to have to start allocating resources now to stop Pickens uh, deep play threat, the run game. uh, You're not going to be able to play light box against the Steelers. And then, and now somebody in the middle of the field, stretching the seams and, and getting to the edge on, on flats and things like that. Pat Fryermuth could absolutely be the key for the Steelers. And one thing about Mason Rudolph is He's not just a, if it's not there, what do I do kind of guy. He's going through his progressions, and that has helped Fryermuth in, in spots where he is a kind of resting in the in the hole in the zone and just waiting to be the target. It's worked out for the Steelers to move the chains a few times. Do it even more in this game, and I think that you could have a huge day from Fryermuth making a huge day for your, your team overall. Um, 
that is my third and final player. Andrew, anything real quick on on Muth? Any final thoughts before we wrap this uh, sucker up? Before uh, before the Steelers' final, or well, the Steelers' uh, first playoff game of the season. <laughs> hopefully, it's not final. But yeah, yeah with with Friar Muth, the Steelers have an opportunity if they so choose in this game to make the Buffalo Bills miss Tremaine Edmonds badly. Yes. <laughs> Edmonds yeah. would be a perfect matchup against. Pat Frymuth. Guess what? Matt Milano is not the perfect matchup against Pat Frymuth. He's just not. And no, neither well, is. Well, he's not there either. He, he's out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. out. I'm he's not even about. there. Terrell, Terrell yeah. Bernard. Terrell Bernard. Yeah, Bernard. Terrell Bernard. He, yeah. he is there you not go. There you go. a good matchup against Pat Frymuth. Forgive me about that. I knew that. It just it slipped my mind. No, you're um, good. Yeah. But Terrell, Terrell Bernard, you got, if you're Buffalo, you can't put him on Pat Frymuth. You've got to use him as an occasional rusher, use him to help set the edge. Uh, you know, you got to move him around. You can't put him in coverage. He's not the greatest coverage linebacker, especially if you're manning him up against Muth. Muth's going to out-physical him every day of the week. So I, I, the Steelers have an opportunity to really expose the Buffalo Bills' lack of depth at linebacker, but you have to target Muth at some point. The Steelers aren't doing anything over the middle field, like you were saying, but targeting that seam, it opens everything up. I, I, I know the expectations have to be limited because of Mason Rudolph. You can't be like, oh, he's got to spread the ball around to this guy, this guy, this guy. We wanted him to get the ball to George Pickens, and he did that. And I think he's going to try to get the ball to him again this week. But if if there is any semblance of a threat across the middle of the field with Pat Farmer, you can't just leave him wide open. We've seen at his yeah. best, he's one of the more explosive tight ends in the league. So I I, I agree. I love that X factor because if he plays to the, to the level that he's capable of and Buffalo doesn't respect that and Mason Rudolph can find him, there's a lot of ifs in there. But if those ifs happen... The Steelers could, I, I don't want to just say, you know, come across as, you know, too arrogant with this, but how do you stop that, really, when the offensive yeah. line, if the offensive line can hold it? I know there's a lot of ifs, and I don't want to sound too optimistic, because we I've been tried to be a, a little bit more pessimistic at times just because I didn't believe in this offense. But it's not that we ever didn't believe in the talent this offense has. Mm-hmm. If they can all reach their full potential, how do you stop it? George Pickens is a number one wide receiver. Pat Fryman is a top 10 tight end, top seven tight end in the NFL. Yeah, Deontay Johnson is a really good wide receiver. And when the offensive line blocks like they've been blocking the past couple weeks, this offense is pretty complete. And you don't have to have a stud quarterback back there like we've seen with Mason Rudolph. He's doing enough. And that's exactly what the Steelers need. It's going to be a team yep. effort. And I guess that's my final thought. It's going to take a team effort to go anywhere in the playoffs. But these X-Factors are going to be big contributors. And I like all the ones you gave. I think that these players are all going to have an impact in some shape or form. Uh, but to close it out, go blue. You will know at this time while you're listening to it, whether I'm having a good day or a really bad day uh, by the result <laughs> yeah. of that game, but enjoy it. Uh, if you're just, you know, if you recorded it and you maybe you went to bed early Monday night and you haven't watched it yet, enjoy it. Uh, we'll keep an eye on those draft prospects we talked about earlier and uh, let's go Steelers. Let's win this. Let's do it. And I, I'm not going to say go blue. I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm going to say go go Huskies. Get get that win. Oh, um, take down Michigan for, for us, Ohio State. Uh. We, we would appreciate it. Um, <laughs> but no, Steelers, go go do what you need to do. And and here's the my final thought. The Steelers are nine and a half point underdogs in Buffalo this weekend. That's bulletin board material for Mike Tomlin. And nobody believes in us. I mean, that works at, at this level for, for these teams. And I, I remember a Steelers team um, that was 
a fairly significant underdog, somewhere around eight, nine points underdog going into Buffalo in week one a couple of years ago and uh, really messing with a team that would go on to uh, an AFC championship. And so you've got, uh, or excuse me, AFC divisional round. You've got it in the DNA. Go out and get it done. And if you do it, if you do it, you just got Baltimore. You just got Baltimore and they're not scary. Let's get it done. All right, Andrew, thank you for uh, joining me as always here on the Steelers Fix. We appreciate all of you listening. Uh, Go Steelers. We'll talk to you next time here on the Steelers Fix. Bets out and uh, Wilbar out as well. Yeah. Uh